You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hello and welcome back. I am so glad that you're back with us on the podcast today. We're going to use this episode of the podcast to continue preparing our hearts for Resurrection Sunday, to prepare our souls for Easter, to celebrate Jesus' resurrection from the dead. And the way that we're doing that is we are reading through Matthew's gospel. So today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 27. We're going to read about Judas Iscariot. This is a heartbreaking moment in the events that surround the death of Jesus. Matthew 27. Early in the morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people made their plans how to have Jesus executed. So they bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. What is that to us? They replied. That's your responsibility. So Judas threw the money into the temple and he left. Then he went away and hanged himself. The chief priests picked up the coins and said, It is against the law to put this money into the treasury since it is blood money. So they decided to use the money to buy the potter's field as a burial place for foreigners. That's why it has been called the field of blood to this day. Then what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. They took the 30 pieces of silver, the price set on him by the people of Israel, and they used them to buy the potter's field as the Lord commanded me. It's a really, really tough moment for me as I read this. So as Jesus is handed over and Judas sees what happens, he feels remorse. When he sees the condemnation of Jesus, he recognizes that he has created an alliance with the enemy. He realizes that for whatever motivations sent him to these chief priests and the elders of the people to turn Jesus over to them, whatever his motives were yesterday, today he sees them for what they are. And he is overwhelmed with shame, with remorse, with grief, and with guilt. And I feel that for him. We don't know that much about Judas. What we do know about Judas is he has a strong name. He was named after a Jewish hero who lived about 150 years before Jesus was born. He lived he was named after uh, Judas Maccabee a great revolutionary who led the people to independence. Um, he was really partially, this guy Judas Maccabee, this Hasmonean king, he was partially responsible for people's expectations that the Messiah in the line of David would be a warrior king. Anyway, Judas was named after a Jewish hero. We know this about him. We know that he kept the money bag for Jesus and the disciples. Apparently, as Jesus and his band of disciples traveled through Galilee and the regions around as they conducted their ministry, when they collected offerings or were given gifts, they kept a money bag that they used to minister to the poor. And apparently Judas was the treasurer for the group. 
Well, I've heard Bible commentators say this, and I believe it's true, that Judas was given that responsibility most likely because he appeared on the outside to be really trustworthy. Now, nobody knows why this man who appeared trustworthy made this decision, but what we do know is that he was not ever as trustworthy as he appeared on the outside. Scripture tells us that he was given charge of the treasury, but he kept the money bag so that he could help himself to it once in a while. We don't know the motivations that Judas have. I've heard people say that he was disappointed with Jesus, that he had really hoped that Jesus was going to be a warrior king Messiah, like his namesake, and that Jesus was going to start a revolution that would deliver the Jewish people from the Romans. I don't know if that's it or not. I don't know if Judas had expectations of Jesus being shaped after his own image and then found that that wasn't true and was disappointed. I, I, I don't know, and I don't think anybody will ever know. But that's one of the motivations people think might have driven Judas to this unholy allegiance with the chief priests and the elders that wanted to have Jesus, Jesus crucified. Maybe, maybe it's true. Maybe Jesus was not who Judas want him to be, and Judas couldn't change, so all he could imagine would be to turn on Jesus. Other people think that he totally expected that by turning on Jesus, uh, he would start this revolution. I think that's a little bit of a stretch. I don't see any evidence of that. You know, just watching how life unfolds, it could be that Judas put false hope in the chief priests. Maybe for a moment, Judas thought they knew what was best and wouldn't harm Jesus. Maybe he, for just a few minutes, blinded himself to what was reality and thought that this alliance with the chief priests would bring peace and allow Jesus to be heard by them. I doubt it. We have no evidence for that, but maybe that was it. Or honestly, maybe just the most basic motivation was beneath it. Maybe Judas was greedy. Maybe Judas, who had helped himself to the treasury of Jesus, Maybe in the sour, bitter, low moment, he wanted 30 pieces of silver. We don't know what motivated Judas. I do know what has motivated me when I've sinned, when I've disappointed myself, when I've disappointed my family or the Lord. So while we look at Judas, we have to confess we don't fully know his motivations, but we know what it's like to fail. We know what it's like to come to a point where we make a bad decision or struggle. Judas is called the son of perdition. In fact, Jesus says, you know, I didn't lose any of the ones that you gave me except the one that was doomed to destruction. That's in John 17. You know, but the fact that God knew that Judas would betray Jesus doesn't mean that Judas was not responsible for his actions of betraying Jesus. And so let's settle in on Matthew 27. Have you ever been in this moment where you recognize that you blew it? Well, let's take a look at what Judas does. When Judas is filled with that remorse and that grief, he goes to the elders thinking that these crooked men that he has allowed himself to become friends with might see it from his perspective. But of course they don't. No surprise for us. When he said, I've betrayed innocent blood, they look back at him and said, that's your responsibility. Hey, listen, let me just warn you. I know this is not the main point of this passage, but if you right now are in intimate friendships, if you found yourself 
myself in bonds with an allegiance to people who really are wicked and corrupt, I'm going to encourage you to get out because there's a day coming when you're going to be in in Judas's shoes, when you're going to look up and realize that you're not where God wants you to be, that you've blown it, that you feel guilt and shame for your mistakes that you've made with these guys or under their influence, and you're going to say, I want out, and they're going to say, what's that to us? So no surprise. Their hearts are bent on evil, and Judas sees it clearly for what it is. So he throws the money at them uh, and casts it into into their midst. And as Matthew goes on to say, that wound up fulfilling prophecies from Jeremiah that a that a field would be bought outside Jerusalem that would be a defilement to the city because it's going to become a cemetery. Uh, in fact, Zechariah exactly gives you the quote that Matthew offers here about 30 pieces of silver. That was the price that was set on him. And, and I think one of the things that resonates from that price set on him is just that, honestly, Jesus was only worth 30 pieces of silver to Judas, and in some ways, he less than that to the chief priest. And that breaks my heart. We cannot trample Jesus. We, we can't undervalue Jesus. That's one of the things that breaks my heart about this. For the exchange of money, Judas walked away from Jesus. And I just want to ask us, for the exchange of what are we turning our back on Jesus? Like, for what do we deny Christ, if not 30 pieces of silver for passions or prestige, for reputation or responsibility, because we think there's a better plan, because we think somebody else whispering in our ear has got a better a better plan or path for our life? No, absolutely not. Trust Jesus, and He is our treasure. The final turn in this, and a sad one for me, is that as Judas throws the money back to the chief priests and the elders, he sees no option, I suppose, except to end his life. He commits suicide. He hangs himself. And while we will never know all the things that Judas was thinking or fearing or wondering, here's what breaks my heart about this. Jesus is very forgiving. Peter has denied Jesus three times, and Peter is going to be forgiven on the other side of the resurrection. And I just wish I could jump into the Bible story and grab Judas and look at him and admit the size of his failure, stand with him in the magnitude of his shame, but tell him to wait a few days. Now, I realize, I realize that theologically, Judas was doomed to destruction, the son of perdition, because God knew that that was how it would go. But when we look at this from the responsibility of Judas, from his perspective, why would he not have repented if only Judas had waited and repented? But I guess what I really want to say is not so much about Judas, it's about us. I just want you to hear that this is not your only option, that you have a Father in heaven who loves you dearly. And no matter what shame or guilt you feel, the crucifixion and the resurrection announce your forgiveness and your second chance, a brand new creation. So as we look at the failure, hurt, and shame that Judas experienced, I just want us to take a long look in the mirror and acknowledge our mistakes, but then quickly turn to Jesus and be forgiven and live in solidarity with King Jesus Christ, who died on a cross and was raised for us. So, however this devotion might have been useful for you, I hope that you'll take it and live it out today. I hope that you'll share this episode if it was beneficial, if you think it would serve somebody else. Church family, we are quickly approaching the Easter season. We'll be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus before you know it. I want to encourage you to have your hearts ready. I love you. God bless you. Let's serve Him well today. 